We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. A live episode of Booth Review presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now, more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve anyone, anywhere. <laughs> Emprise Bank. Member FDIC. Oh, no. I'm with Scott Jason. I'm taking over. I'm taking no. the reins because Kent's voice is already failing here. By the way, the last time I was in a bank was like a week ago, but Emprise Bank is still an incredible partner. I just have been moving and doing things. Ken, I want to rant off the top. Can I go on a rant real quick? By all means, Scott. This is why we're here. Thank you. Okay, KU loses 35-23 to Baylor. Seen a lot of discussion on the internets, and I know uh, that is not always the best place for discourse. It's not always the most measured place. Um, but that's where we have, right? The game just ended. That's what we have to look at. That's what we have to kind of gather people's opinions. I want to start with the KU defense. Um, I don't want to hear, I don't care to hear a word about their performance today. A word. I'm going to grade them an A minus, B plus. Okay? The KU defense is KU's worst unit of the, probably the three, include special teams. The KU defense is bad. It is not a good defense. Today, the KU offense, to start the game, went three and out and had a 14-yard punt, fumbled two times on the first play of a drive, okay? Then had two more three and outs. Oh, by the way, that was the first half of the football game. On drives that Baylor started in Baylor territory, the KU defense got stops more often than not, more than 50% of the time, allowed three points per drive, allowed seven second-half points. Defense was not good. I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying they're wonderful. I would say this was a below average game from a bad Big 12 defense. And they were good enough for Kansas to win the game. Special teams, right off the bat with that punt, was a disaster. And the offense, I would grade a D minus to an F. 
I know they scored late. I know they got those two touchdowns. They never had a chance because of how Kansas started the game, which again, three and out with a 14-yard punt. That's basically a turnover. Two fumbles on the first play of a drive, and then two more three and outs. Kansas had one drive, Kent, in the first half. That was longer than three plays. One drive. That's how they lost this football game. The offense has some serious problems. Now we can talk about if they found things later on, but I don't want to hear a word about the defense today because while it wasn't good, it was enough. And I think that's what's what's got me fired up about this game. Two out of three times since Jalen Daniels went down, Kansas's defense has done enough. That's the key word, enough, to keep them in a game, and the offense has let them down. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching this, by the way. We really appreciate it. It helps us grow the show. Scott, you're going to get absolutely zero pushback from me on everything that you just said. I have zero qualms with the defensive side of the football today as far as what they were able to do and how they managed that game. They were put in horrific spots the entirety of the game. I mean, KU got put behind the eight ball drastically. I mean, like just as a team with that 14-0 start, and they dug themselves out. They did dug them, dig themselves out, and that's a huge credit mm-hmm. to them, and it's a huge credit to the defense because it was two short fields that started the game with just 25, the 25-yard line and the 41-yard line. Think about it. Those were the first two drops. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. They mm-hmm. imploded. I mean, like they just, they imploded offensively. They finished with 288 yards, but I think they had, um, they, they didn't have very many yards going into the fourth quarter, I believe. Like, I think it was 85 going into the fourth quarter or something ridiculous like that. I think that under 100 going into the fourth quarter. So this offense could not do anything. They struggled mightily to, to, to be consistent. The way Kansas has played and the way that they have won five games this year has been complimentary football. Mm-hmm. And the defense has not always played, you know, great football. And the offense has bailed them out. Several Mm -hmm. times this entire season, this was absolutely a case where the defense did their end, held their end of the bargain. Sure, I know that Baylor ran the ball effectively throughout the game, over 200 yards on the ground. But KU forced, what, three turnovers? Three turnovers, Uh, is that right? Yeah, three turnovers. Yeah, in this game alone, three turnovers. KU's, the the defense bailed KU out of of a near disaster to start to end the first half. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we you forget about I mean you forget about that too. Not only did the defense hold their end of the bargain, they bailed the KU offense out for giving them a short field and almost turning it into an implosion. I mean, I yeah, I I'm lockstep with you. KU finishes with 288 yards uh, of offense. They do win the turnover battle still, mm-hmm. but what three to two? <laughs> that is correct, three to two. <laughs> but it's just I mean, KU generated 11 total first downs in the entire game. It, it's all about the offense. And um, we were talking uh, in a group chat with Kevin Flaherty a little bit. Uh, just having some discussion about in this discourse about this game. Um, I we, we were all talking. I, I, I think like, Jalen Daniels plays this game. Is it a win, Scott? I, I kind of think it is. And real quick, just to finish one thing on the defense before I we go into the Jalen Daniels hypothetical here. Like, yes, I I know the defense didn't do everything perfect or even good, right? They gave up a 99-yard drive. That's that's devastating. You can't do that if you're a defense. They they gave up that last touchdown drive. Now they got to stop before it. And real quick on the 99-yard drive, you talk about complimentary football. 
well, how did Baylor get it at the one yard line? Oh yeah, the KU defense got a takeaway, and then the offense went three and out and punted. So that's that's what set up the 99 yard drive was the KU defense got a takeaway, and then the offense didn't do anything again. But um, to your point about Jalen Daniels, yeah, I think if the KU offense was in a rhythm early and moved the ball, the KU defense showed that when Baylor had to drive the length of the field, it was basically a 50-50 proposition if the defense was going to get a stop. And that's how KU is set up schematically, right? Like we've talked about this all year, so we can't pretend to be surprised by it when it happens. KU plays this soft coverage. Sometimes they go into a really soft zone. Sometimes I think they shouldn't. Clearly a lot of other people do too. They're going to let you march down the field slowly and methodically and say, hey, it's college football. Your quarterback is going to make a mistake. Your quarterback is going to miss a throw or throw an interception or someone's going to fumble or you'll get a penalty, whatever. And we can argue all day about whether or not that's a good or bad defensive philosophy. But I'll tell you what, about half the time it worked. When it didn't work and when it doesn't work is when the other team gets the ball 25 yards and in and can march in for a touchdown. By the way, Baylor had two possessions that started on the plus 25 or closer. And as you mentioned, the KU defense literally got a stop on one of them. Um, I think Jalen Daniels actually would have had enough to win this game because I, I, I just still see those. I don't know if processing issues is the right word to use with Jason Bean, but I, I see the hesitation. I see the times where I, I, you know, I'll go back and watch to verify, but I, I don't think he's making the right plays in some of that zone read stuff. I thought it took him a while to adjust to the to the wind. Now, to his credit, he did. He started throwing a better ball as the game went on. I'm sure that's very hard as a quarterback to deal with those gusts, but it felt like the offense was really, really off early. And it took them a long time to figure out what would end up working for them. Um, Jason Bean is a completely fine backup quarterback. I I don't want to completely like dunk on him because mm-hmm. he he's a back he's a backup quarterback, no doubt about it. But he's not a bad backup quarterback. There are moments in that game where he looks very impressive and he's able to string together drives the difference between a starting quarterback and a backup quarterback is how consistently can you string those together can you avoid making the big colossal mistakes that keep you from extending a drive or giving the defense a short field to work with you know and jason bean didn't make crucial turnovers this week he protected the football well i don't think he really put the ball at risk uh all too much he just struggled to make decisions that helped extend drives and even just getting a few first downs here or there i wonder what the complexion of this football game looks like this game wasn't far off for ku and it looked like it was about to be you know to start it i mean they start 14 nothing down 14 nothing in the first five minutes of the football game and kansas responded as a team they all responded it was it was not you know the 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 offense came alive a little bit late and found a way to kind of make things a little bit interesting and the defense did absolutely enough um i want to have this conversation 21-3 turnover kansas forces the first interception that they get romello dotson makes a play and KU gets the ball back they get it on the 45 I believe uh, of Baylor 
Down 21-3, offense hasn't really done much anything. Strung one together, drive, bailed out by a pass interference call on an underthrown mm-hmm. pass, six, seven, eight yards. That hit um, the wind. The wind definitely really affected that ball, sure. too. He, he threw it up into it, and it, it got caught in the wind. So it's fourth and seven, and it's 21-3 to three, late in the second quarter. KU punts, they put the ball on the one-yard line. I see a lot of people freaking out about that. I think a lot of people were angry about that. I didn't have that big of a problem with it. We've kind of been having some of this, this conversation, too. I'll just give my side of it. I think Lance Leipold kind of saw that this game wasn't the flow that it, I don't, I think it was, it was 21 to three, but I don't think it, I don't think the flow of the game was going to, was like a 21, three kind of just pace. If that makes sense. Like, I don't think this was a game where I, I think what, what Lance was starting to see is, Hey, the defense is starting to, you know, figure things out. If, if we can just, you know, force some long drives and, and force them to make some mistakes that they've just proven that they're able to, um, KU just had a 14-yard punt in that direction in the first quarter. They got him all the way down to the one. They punted inside the one on a pooch punt by the quarterback. They got to a third and seven, I believe. They had their chance to pin them back. <clears throat> and if they if if Baylor has to punt in the shadow of their own goalpost, what's the field position for a struggling offense? Inside the 30? They might have gotten that ball inside the 30. I understood the logic, and I think I think Lance was kind of starting to see the writing on the wall about the game a little bit, where they weren't completely out of it. They were going to have to, you know, play complimentary, perfect football, protect the football the rest of the game. But I think he kind of saw that this game wasn't going to be. It wasn't a track race. This wasn't a track race. This was a field position battle. For 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 a couple <laughs> stretches that KU lost miserably, and mm-hmm. if they got back on track for the remainder of the game, that was their window. Um, I I don't blame them for not putting the ball in Jason Bean's hands on fourth and seven and giving Baylor a short field. Yeah, Kent. Um, I, I think the way I put it to you, and I I think it's a sixty forty call, and I think a lot of these are very rarely. Well, I shouldn't say that. Most of the time, coaches are not messing up the glaringly obvious calls. I'll give you one example. I thought KU got right going for two. And I had a couple people text me and say, why did KU go to go for two? You know, an extra point makes it 11. Well, if it's 11, what does that mean? You will need to go for two. So just by going for it the first time, you know whether or not you got it a little bit earlier, helps you out with strategy later in the game. So that that's one that I think most people understand. I think people have kind of learned that one, like, oh, well, we're going to have to go for two eventually. So we may as well go for it early. And then if we don't get it, okay, we need two touchdowns. We need to go a little faster, whatever. Fine. In that case, I kind of did think they needed to go for it just because they did get that stop from the defense. And I thought I what I was going through in real time, what I was thinking was it's not good when your defense reward or they reward you, they help you out, they lift you up to immediately say, okay, go do it again. And and I think especially in college football. Like I, t- I talk about this a lot, and if, if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen me tweet it a million times. You, in, Unless you're Alabama, unless you're Georgia, unless you're whatever, you have a good unit, and then usually you have a bad unit. And your goal as a football team should always be to make sure that the good unit has the chance to make the key plays to win the game. Um, that bad unit can help you out sometimes. KU Iowa State, that defense got stop after stop after stop after stop. Now, obviously, Iowa State's offense wasn't very good, but but the bad unit, in effect, won you a game. In this game, the good unit kept saying, 
you know, bad unit, go do it, go do it, go do it again. And at that point, you know, even if that punt, whether it was a touchback, whether it was down to the one, it, it seemed like the vibes, the feel wasn't great. Now I will say to your point with the wind, Kent, you're right. I, I hadn't even considered if KU gets a three and out, they might get that ball back at the 20 uh, based off how that wind was, how the punting was. And KU did get Baylor to a bunch of third downs. And you know what? It is super frustrating if you are a KU fan to watch that game and go, it's third and seven, third and eight, third and 11. Why can't we get off the field? That's what they're saying. Um, Super frustrating and totally understandable. And that's why I think a lot of these decisions are 60, 40, 50, 50, back and forth. Smart people can disagree and have their own philosophies. I I will say this, though. I, I think the one thing that Kansas is doing um, I shouldn't say one thing. One of the things that Kansas is doing that actually has me promised about where this team may be heading, especially if, you know, we'll see about Jalen Daniels. I know he's warming up before the game. Broadcast said he wasn't throwing. Jordan Gusky at the Capitol Journal said he was. We'll, we'll see. I've, um, just as an aside, I've covered a KU team that had Thomas McVitie out for the season, and he was warming up every week before the game, like he was going to play. So sometimes you just don't know. Um, they still let Jason Bean throw. They still let him throw down the field. They're still keeping that ball in his arms. They're still showing him and extending him that trust. They've got to figure out a way to get him comfortable earlier in games. Because right now, he is losing them the football games before they ever have a chance to even be in them. Um, and that's not just him, right? Quinn Skinner it's... had two fumbles. That was that was brutal. The offensive line uh, made several back-breaking mistakes. I'm trying not to cough, sorry. Um they had a number of backbreaking plays from a number of backbreaking positions. But for Jason Bean, they have to figure out why can't we get this guy going in the first quarter? They've got to figure that out, or KU's not going to have a shot while he's in at quarterback. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's and it's I, I do want to make sure I emphasize too, it's not just him at all. KU averaged two and a half yards on the ground today. Um, and they're they're not doing much to help him there. Uh, and it's I mean, that's that's a credit to Baylor. And this is kind of where like the bet Baylor's best units, their defense. KU's best unit right now, I don't know which one it is. It just kind of depends <laughs> on who's riding the hot hand. Like, I don't think KU's trump cards their offense right now. I don't know what their trump card is. I think it's just, you know, hey, they, they, they're doing more than, I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're showing some promise, I think, with the offense a little bit. But, like, it's just not consistent enough. 
the defense like I, I here I'm gonna I want to go back to the the call real quick uh the decision to punt real quick sorry I, I know I'm all mm-hmm. over the place but I just had something kind of pop up I think the deci- I think that decision kind of actually proved to be the right choice in my opinion the the logic behind it I think was the right logic and I think it proved itself as the game went on because I think Baylor wasn't as consistent on third downs and those third and longs as the game went on. And it was just, they kind of, they, they got him when they needed to early in the game, but late, they really, I don't think they, I mean, you know, the situational football case started winning those on, on defense, you know? And so it's like, I, I just, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to slam that move and I, yeah, I'll, I'll get back there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that, there's just that. I, I, I think KU's defense actually started playing situational football a lot better and you know, they, it didn't work. Could have worked. I mean, that, that could have been big, but the flow of the game was a lot different after that 21, three start, you know, and I mean, 28, three start too, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so Jason being like, he's uh, he wasn't getting help. He wasn't getting help. Um, and there was some, you know, there's some bright spots. I think he actually looks better throwing the football, believe mm-hmm. it or not. When, when he's getting the ball off, I think he, you know, he's placing the ball a lot better over like over the course of the game than he has in prior weeks some of the decision making though and i think being so behind the stick so consistently is ultimately what i think kind of slowed this offense down yeah well i mean i I think that's a good point and a good refrain to keep going back to too about how the guys around him can elevate him i do think you see some things in the run game and it's not just read option stuff it's it's sometimes it's running backs too like i i thought I, i think Devin neal has done a really good job getting the most out of the runs that he can so far this year. I thought he had one in the first half where he gave up a lot of yards that he he kept trying to look for that perfect hole and didn't realize he had a seam that if he turned, he might've gotten seven or eight yards. I, I don't totally remember the play. Um, you know, Kent is kind of a weird game because of how it started early. I think it, it set off alarm bells all over. And then you kind of have this feeling, you know, well, they battled, they got back in the game. But then you're kind of left with this feeling of like, oh, that's another missed opportunity. And I, th- I think the danger for this KU team is they're down to four more of those opportunities if you're going to get that sixth win. I still think they have a great chance to do that. Um, I want to respond to a couple of things uh, that I was asked specifically um, that I think people care about and, and can get your thoughts too. Number one, this one's pretty easy. Someone asked if, if KU should be going to a, the one of the freshman QBs, Ethan Basco, they pointed out. I would say no. I think you agree. Jason Bean gives this team the best chance to win if Jalen Daniels is not back. And if they're not getting him back, then they should be giving Bean, I believe, every rep imaginable to get him more comfortable and confident. Are you, are you with me on that? 100%. No, your your best chance to get that uh, uh, that sixth win is on Jason Bean's back. And you've got to protect your freshman quarterback too. So, no, 100%. Yeah. Complete agreement there. Okay. Number two, uh, what, what do you see when it is those third and longs? Scheme, player execution, mix of both, coaching. Where are you kind of at with those the third and long issues that Kansas is kind of having? Third and long is a little tricky just because you can't see the the downfield routes developing. Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I think I, there's a lot of decision making that, you know, I, I don't know why. It, it looks a lot harder for this team to, to convert those downs than it did um earlier in the season so i think a little bit of that's on the quarterback <laughs> baylor's defense is good there's a little bit of that too um 
I think I think it's just kind of a combination of everything. They're trying to figure out how to, um, you know, kind of best get this offense going in the right direction. I think KU's best third and long offense is to stay out of it, and they've been yeah. really they were really bad about that today too. So like, there's it's it's everything. I, I genuinely it's a cop out, but it's true. Yeah. Kent, that's a beautiful answer. I was actually asking about the other side of the ball. I should have clarified. KU's third and, third and long defense because you're right. It did get better as the game went on, but they they did give up a number of those, and they have been giving up a number of those. Like the third down numbers, I think, are, are really misleading, just to give you a sec. Um, the, the third and fourth downs, because a lot of those are like third and one, third and two, third and three, fourth and one, fourth and two. And so it's really easy for a team like Oklahoma or Baylor to be like, oh, wow, they're eight of nine on third down or something. And it's like, well, no, that, uh, there were eight and nine on like third and one, which isn't great. It's actually, I, it's bad, but that it's different, right? All third downs are not equal. You can't be like, wow, my team was five of 15 on third down and their team was six of eight. You, you have to look at the average depth of down. That being said, I, I still see Kansas playing a little bit soft at times. And it seems like it's taking them a while in games to get a feel for when they should be aggressive. It looked like they started kind of coming after the quarterback a little bit more in the second half. And, and I felt like they had some, some more success doing it. I think the pass rush got better as the game went on, even their four-man rush. Um, I think they started kind of, you know, getting a little bit more, um, more aggressive there and, and, and pinning their ears back a little bit more. So I think there's a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I know it's frustrating to see the results on the field, but mm -hmm. schematically, I still like, I don't have a ton of problems with how this team has managed this, this defense. This defense is not the most talented unit in the world and like i think we forget that a little bit when we're looking at the totality of this football team i don't think that they have a, <coughs> an elite group of talent they've lost you know they lost a cornerback um you know last week which i think i think they're missing i think they're mi missing jacoby Bryan a little bit um i just think like you've got to pick how you're gonna navigate and manage a football game and i think ku has built a strategy that has got them five wins and no one expected. I mean, the line was two and a half. We forget that there's not a huge ginormous amount of talent on this team. And I think you've got to, you know, you've got to manage and navigate what you're willing to do and what you're willing to give up. They've done a good job of eliminating explosive plays, but the downside of that is there's some third downs you give away. Yeah. Well, I, th I think that aspect of it will be the thing that, I mean, it's where every time we talk about the defense, it starts with that, right? Eliminating explosives. And that, I mean, that is the philosophy that KU will live and die with a lot of times. And that's, that's how they're going to win. I hope, like, mm -hmm. I see why people are frustrated by some of this stuff. I understand why you are frustrated, but you're frustrated with the team that is a year into Lance Leipold and his staff's program. And they don't have all the horses that they need to make this thing fire on all cylinders so they look at the big picture of this thing and they try to figure out how are we going to win football games they win football games by playing complementary football where they are they the defense is is they're gonna play bend but don't break they're gonna try to make you as one-dimensional as they possibly can by stopping the run the offensive line for baylor was very good today and they're a good offensive line but 
you just have to, you, you, you're going to criticize stuff, but the reason that, and I'm not talking about you, Scott, people mm. criticize some of these things, but the way this team has won five games is because of how they play on the defensive side of the ball. This is both sides of the football holding water and carrying water together. And the special teams making a play from time to time. There's been some big special teams that have helped keep Kansas into football games too, by the way. It's a complete team effort. You've got to figure out what you're willing to sacrifice, what you're willing to give up. What are you willing to do? How are you going to resolve the problem inside the 20s? How are you going to force field goals? How are you, you know, it's, it's, that's the model. That is the model for this team to win football games. The fact that they've won five is remarkable. The fact that they've not been blown out yet without Jalen Daniels is remarkable. There are just some things you've got to deal with. And soft coverage is one of them. But guess <laughs> what? You're not getting these giant explosive plays be on you all the time because you're forcing long sustained drives. And guess what? Blake Shapin's not very good. And he turned the ball over three times. Like, I, this is how, like, you get, forcing the long drives worked. It's frustrating. I get it. But at the same time, You've got to keep dancing with the girl that got you there has gotten you five wins so far. The strategy is annoying. I understand for some of y'all that are out there. I know it's frustrating, but it's and it's a credit to Lance Leipold's staff that they've created new expectations. But I don't like the expectations are a little out of whack, and that's probably okay because like you're they're, they're they've built a really nice formula to win football games in kansas that hasn't happened in a long time i'm sorry i don't know where the rent came from but there it is yeah no i i and it, it all goes back to the com the conversation about complementary football like that it, it all goes back to that because ultimately both sides have to work to elevate each other but one of those sides as we've discussed or the, although maybe i mean you think it's a little closer now i would agree with that but i, I think this team still has to win games offensively um and I think that offense needs to do more to help out that defense. And two of the last three games, the offense has scored three points in the first half. Two out of the last three. Um, you can't do that and and win Big 12 football games. I mean, it's just not the way this league is set up. Um, even the Iowa State game, Kansas scored a couple times in the first half um, to at least give themselves a chance to play from in front. Um, yeah, I think I think that's the thing that I take away from this one. Now, Kent, we're both holding on here. We're both keeping our voices intact and trying not to cough into mics too much. So I want to I want to kind of end here. We'll wrap up and then we'll come back midweek and hopefully both be over whatever we're dealing with right now. Um, Kansas bowl game outlook, season picture, where you know where things are at right now. It's what five and three now. Four more games to go. Um, you can argue whether or not the games will be getting any easier. I don't think the next game will. Kansas gets a bye week here. What do you need to see out of the bye week uh, to make you feel confident that this KU team could still get to a bowl game? KU hasn't got blown out yet. And I think I don't think Oklahoma State is an unwinnable football game. In the last, last year, when did Kansas play their best football? Well, at the end of the season. The yeah. end of the season. And I know like there's a little bit of hey, like this is a new, this is a new program and, you know, it's taken us time to get our feet wet and all that stuff. But at the same time, the hallmark of Lance Leipold is improvement. And I don't think that you just stop improving. Some teams can get better over the course of the season faster than other teams. 
it's not a it's not it's not a it's not equal across the board. I think KU is still building. I think there's still plenty of signs. If they're a little bit healthier coming out of the bye week, I am. If they're healthy, I think they're going bowling. And it's not even just the Jalen Daniels. If they get some of these other guys back, and if they just if if they come out, you know, if if they can if they can get a little healthier, I think there's I I still believe it. I still think they're going to find a win. Uh they're going to be competitive the next four weeks. Um, and they they get, they've yet to get blown out yet. So. I, I I think they just continue to continue. If they can, if they can keep these kids with the same kind of focus, mentality, effort, and intensity from f- that we started out with five and zero, that you are at five and three, I, they're going to pull it off. They're going to pull it off. I have a lot of belief in this coaching staff and what they've been able to do. Uh, I'm going to end with a little bit of a weird take. I feel more confident about KU getting to bowl eligibility after this game than I did before it. 100%. I, I'm with you. Yeah. I Well, maybe for different reasons. Hold on. Maybe I want to hear yours. Something nuts. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, and look, I I thought this was a winnable game for Kansas, although I picked Baylor. I, I think there's a lot of reasons there why Kansas could have been more competitive in this game. And, and really, they were competitive for much of this game. But Kansas, to your point about not getting blown out, I'll take it a step further. Like when Kansas gets its foothold, and it feels like they've had times in almost every game where they've found a foothold, um, they look like they belong. And they look like these are two quality uh, Big 12 football teams that if you turned on your TV, you, you know, you'd be like, oh, this is a good Big 12 quality game. It's between two teams back and forth. One of them is going to win. Okay. I, Kansas has raised its floor immeasurably. Like, I, I thought that Oklahoma game was about the worst Kansas can play. And I the final score, incredibly misleading, but it was 10. Um, I come out of this game thinking you give Lance Leipold a bye week, you give that staff a bye week to get healthy, to address address some issues. You know, Ken, I, I know you thought maybe Kansas would give one of its better efforts of the season uh, in this game. I think the next two weeks you're getting a great effort of football from Kansas. So, that's a, that's at least my read on this and, and why I feel pretty good about Kansas moving forward. Yeah, I'm pretty close to where you're at in a lot of different ways. <laughs> um, I think um, I just if they can just kind of if they can if they can weather the start differently in this game, I think they might have won it. They just they they did. They just didn't give themselves a great shot to win this football game at the at the start of the game. But we've seen this team play complete complimentary football we've seen them do it a lot this year and that's in the dna of who this football team is they've withstood some serious injuries and some big problems and uh and they've navigated it well and i have the utmost confidence that they're gonna piece a game together a complete football game and and pull one out so um i'm still optimistic nothing changed about this week Loved the response from this team in the second half. Wasn't good enough. Wasn't consistent enough. They still got a lot of time to figure it out. There's still four games on the on the table and a bye week for them to really make some improvements. I expect it. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see what happens. This is you got one more thing, Scott. Well, I was gonna say, Ken, we need a bye week to get healthy more than any person on the KU football team currently. So midweek booth review. Maybe we take a bye week off that Saturday off, and then. Yeah, then even even we've rested up, we've self-scouted, and we're ready to come out of that by week firing. 
Thank you to everybody that's been putting up with my voice uh, on all the KCSN stuff the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. It's been really rough. We will be back midweek to talk more about this game and more, and we will be getting you ready for the bye week. <laughs> Spin Booth Review. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.